coming up on See Here Love. I think there are a lot of us walking around in this world thinking, okay, God knows me, but he doesn't like me or he hates me. And, and we so often forget. I mean, it's one of the most basic understandings of who God is, but we forget that we have a good God who loves us. Well, welcome to another episode of See Here Love, and I have an amazing woman with me today, Aubrey Sampson. You might remember Aubrey. She was on our show a few years ago, but she's come out with this new book called Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. Uh, Aubrey is the teaching and preaching um, pastor at Renewal Church in West Chicago, which she co-planted with her husband, so she serves on the team. She writes regularly for Christine Kane's Propel Women, for Proverbs 31, for Ann Voskamp's A Holy Experience, for Christianity Today, and so much more. She's a speaker, uh, and she has written uh, three books, Overcomer, The Louder Song, and her latest book called Known. Now, if you're struggling on your name or who you are, this is the conversation you need to listen to. Because we talk about the power of name, uh, the, the uh, who you are, the names that God says you are. We talk about whose you are and what that means as far as God's likeness, God's found one. And then we talk about when you know who you are, the names of who you are and whose you are how it changes everything, how you navigate this polarizing time, how you love your neighbor, how you love yourself, how you interact with people. Um, and, and it's powerful that not only can you change name, how your name dictates who you are and how you choose the names God has given you, but that you can also be a name giver and name goodness over people as you go about life. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I was rocked by it. I loved it. I was convicted by it. We had some tears in this conversation. We had a lot of laughter. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Aubrey Sampson as we talk about being known. Aubrey Sampson, so great to have you back again on See Here Love. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Melinda. It's so fun to be back again. I love you. I love this show. I feel very honored to be here. So thanks for having me. Amazing. And you know what? Not only do I love having you on, but wow, the topic we're going to talk about today is like, I love it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so timely for this time. I mean, all time, but I think even right. more, especially personally, Aubrey, I'll be honest, mm -hmm. um, for me as well, as I'm looking into new rhythms, pauses, and understanding of myself, even mm. after all these years of being a follower of Jesus, yeah. but now more than ever, uh, this theme of known. So mm. to kick it off, I want to read, I love that Christine Kane did your forward. She did and such so, an amazing job. Oh she? my gosh. It's a great forward. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know at first where she was going with the numbers. And then I was uh -huh. like, I get it, Christine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me just sort of set up what she says, you know, your new book, but also I think really our conversation will be about, and then okay, I'm going to ask you, it. and I just love it. But she says, and basically for our listeners and viewers 
what Aubrey and my conversation about will be today is that Aubrey poignantly shows the vital necessity of understanding that we are not what happened to us or what we have done. Yay. We are not what was said to us or what others have said about us. Yay. We are who God says we are, which is why one of the most important journeys. And I thought about this actually, Aubrey, last night. We will ever take on this planet is the journey to discover who we really are in Christ. If we know who we are and why we are here, we will live out of that truth and not the facts of our past history or present circumstances. It is only the truth we know that will set us free. Mm. But I have it underlined in the book. Oh, I love that. Um, just because it's a good setup. So yeah. in that setup, you know, Aubrey, why don't you set this up? Why now for this, this knowing who we are mm-hmm. and the importance of it? I love, I love the words uh, Chris wrote about the book because it almost validated like, oh yeah, this is important. I'm so, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would say why, why this message? Why now? Here. Melinda, I don't know if you can relate to this. I, here's what I battle with, and then here's what I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people battle with, okay. a lot of Christians especially. One is a sense, and this may just be my personality type, but I think it's very human, that I just am not, I, man, I mean, even just yesterday, I was like, Lord, I'm never going to do and be the person I want to be. I'm never going to do all the things I want to do. Why, you know, well, what is going on? Oh, I can't measure up to this, like, my own standard for myself, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. My, okay, I finally arrived when I've gotten there. So I think a lot of us live with that, almost just forgetting who we are and striving and hustling. And uh, there's so <laughs> much pressure to like platform build and make a name for yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, I, and I listen, I, I feel it. I feel it deeply sometimes yeah. if I'm not careful. Um, so there's this sense of like, those are almost like two sides of the same coin. One is I feel like there's a lot of us walking around just with our heads hanging low because we have been, we name ourselves falsely or someone else has named us falsely. And we just live with that sense of like, I am not enough or I'm to this or I'm just this or I, so there's that. But then again, like I was saying before, then there's simultaneously that pressure to like make a name for yourself. (laughs) Do all the things. And look, I mean, I feel it. I'm writing books. I'm on the radio. I'm, you know, I'm, I put that pressure on myself. And somewhere in there is is the whisper, well, the loud voice of God Hmm. saying like, I'm calling you to something more. I'm calling you to be named by who I am so that you can surrender and be free. And perhaps maybe you will do incredible things for me and my kingdom. And, but it's not out of hustling. It's not out of striving. It's not out of making a name for yourself. It is just about surrendering to me and my goodness and being open to what I have for you. And so I feel like I needed to write this book for my, we all write for ourselves, right? Or we preach for ourselves or you do what you do for yourselves, right? Like you need that, you need to gospel yourself and as much as you're ministering to other people. And ultimately that's why, that's what this book is about. Me wrestling with that stuff and trying to find the way forward in Christ. So good, Aubrey. I love your honesty. And I think it is the tension. Like I actually... Mm have talked to my team and talked to a lot of my girlfriends who do the same work I do in media, whether it's Christian or, or non-Christian. Yeah. yeah. And it's that balance. Like, how do you do this where you really feel that God has placed you in these areas and spaces for influence, for connection, mm-hmm. for sharing gospel, for, for sharing shalom? Yes. And yet you want so many people to hear the message, 
but there's a fine line when it really becomes about you and you right. want to be the celebrity and you want, right. you want to be known and you want, right. you know, and you're watching how many likes you get on Instagram Ugh. or on your reels or TikTok, And yeah, it's really hard. I'll be, I'll be honest. Like it is mm. not easy. Yeah. You know, being in this space sometimes, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying that I would trade it in. I've really been in this grateful posture of like, God, wow, I cannot believe I'm here. I love but that. yeah, you compare and you go, how come I don't have 1.1 million followers on Instagram? Right. Right. You Which know? is like for the Christian, like, well, for anybody, it's like, happen? that's so painful. Yeah. Why, why is like, this like, a, ah, why is this a like, thing? I know. We weren't even having this conversation about likes on Insta. 10 years ago, you know, or even yeah. 15 years ago, like this is all new language and new things in this time in history. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm so grateful you did this because it, it is hard and it can be lonely. And then yeah. if you complain to the wrong people, they think you're ungrateful and say, right. I wish I was in your place. Right. And then when you are honest about, you know, you want to be have more followers, then you get yeah. the other side where people are like, well, that's not the motivation, your heart motivation, right. check your heart right. mouth. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm like, I can't win. Can't win. So I, I love that. So that it's so good. And I love that your new book is called Known. I've noticed that known is becoming a word and conversation a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, not just in Christian spaces, but in in secular and non Christian yeah. spaces. So I love yeah. it. Um so I want to talk about known. Like what does that actually mean when we go mm. we really want to be known and in your book too i love this part and we're going to get to it but it just says this is the universal human longing to be known not famous not noteworthy but to be an intimately understood we want to know that someone sees us gets us accepts us and is for us just as we are for others we want to know that the aching and raw places in our souls the questions we have about our experience the secret dreams and heartaches we hold are carefully tended to and what we're really longing for and all of this is love yeah it's, it's beautiful so Thanks, known Amanda. Aubrey talk to me about known I, I think people are like yeah, yeah. I, I know that's what I want to be I don't mm -hmm. really know what that is what that means yeah that's such a good question I do feel like going back to our last conversation so many of us are trading being seen for being known and mm -hmm. I think you know what it means to be known is really to be able to bring your full self to the table, whatever table it is that you're at yeah. and, um, and be loved and accepted. And that doesn't always mean not challenged. Sometimes we're challenged to change and to mm -hmm. grow. I think the best of friends and the, and a very good God does that changes us mm -hmm. to, or challenges us to grow. But it does mean that, um, your beingness is enough right? That, that Ooh. it's not about all mm, the things you're doing or the accomplishments or, or whatever, just the fact that you exist in the world, you're worthy of love and you're worthy of being known. And I think there are, there are a lot of us that just go throughout life unknown, or those mm -hmm. of us who are blessed have maybe a few, a few really, you know, good friends who know us completely, but ultimately only God is the one who can know us because God created us and shaped us and, and made us. And, and the fact I, I, this is the other thing, Melinda, I think there are a lot of us walking around in this world thinking, okay, God knows me, but he doesn't like me or he hates me. And, and we so often forget, I mean, it's one of the most basic understandings of who God is, but we forget that we have a good God 
who loves us. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what it means to be known that the good God of the universe knows every little piece of you, the shadow side, the real side, and your full (laughs) self is invited to the table and you're accepted Mm -hmm. in Christ. Everybody needs to hear that message, Aubrey. Like even Mm -hmm. when you said it, I know this, but to be reminded that in all of my challenges, like I said, the tension and struggle and distractions and God, I don't want to, I don't want to be with you. I want to do some, some other stuff. (laughs) I I want to distract myself from you right now. Um, (laughs) All those things I do. Uh, He still loves us even though he knows us like, because that's the biggest fear for us is that totally we front so much and we're always somebody else because we want people to like that version because we're too afraid that if they do find out about us they won't Uh, yeah how lonely that is hey like you just said so many people walking around Mm -hmm. feeling that way not just from god but from others so you've got all these people who are not really they're being their true selves yeah i mean i i think it is i think this is why this is the human desire for all of us no matter where we live no matter what season of life we're in because so many of us are walking around like you said fronting and Mm -hmm. and that's not new to social media i mean i would say social media certainly has added to that but i think that we have always done that try to present the best version of ourselves Mm -hmm. to the world and in some senses, like, that's okay. We don't, the, not everyone needs to see all of our stuff. We don't have to be people who yeah. are transparent with everyone. Like there are certain, we have agency over who we're going to share our full selves yes. with. And I think yes. that's part of like walking with dignity, but, um, to be able to be free of the fear that mm. if I allow this person in, they're going to reject me to be free of that. I mean, wow. I mean, it's not just confidence boosting, but it like sends you into the world in a completely different posture, one of openness and, and knowing your givenness is good and accepted by God. That's game changing. Yeah. Ooh, love it. All right. I know, and I love this part of your book and I think the conversation about the power of name. Mm. I think that was really stunning. And I was thinking about like my name and names. And and I want to talk about that for a little bit before we go into, you know, the, who you are, whose you are, how it changes everything. But let's talk about how you came up with this important of name, the power of name, Mm -hmm. um, sort of the badges of honor or heartache. I love that you wrote that in there. Um, I, I love, I have so many notes here. I'm looking at it. Um, you know, how we name or define ourselves in other ways, our names also carry painful and damage. You know, we also carry painful and damaging names. There was a lot there. I mean, you could literally, we could just do a show on names. Totally. And, and just specifically on that. But let's talk about that because I think that is so interesting and fascinating. Not only the name we've been given, but the names we actually put on ourselves mm-hmm. as we as we grow. So let's just talk about that. The, okay. the, the power of name, identity of name. I, first of all, it's fun to have you just read parts of my book to me that you like. So thank you for that. I, know, I, was looking, I, I took notes of a little click. I was like, I like that line. Boop, 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 but I like that line. Uh, you know, you, it's so fun. It's so just, I'll just be real and vulnerable. You like put yourself out there as a writer and you're like, does anyone like anything? So oh, yeah, they're, they're... I loved it. I loved it. I really enjoyed the book and I was writing notes and I've underlined and I've dog-eared some of the, the like the pages. You're validating and... me. This is what the book is about. <laughs> okay, I need validation. No, 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 no. I will I'm, validate I'm you all day long, Aubrey, all day it. long. I, I love it, Melinda. Thank you. Um, no, I, uh, let me share a story to kind of, uh, it's, it's a story from the book, but to kind of 
express why I feel like names are are so important and what God does in our names is so powerful. One of the names that I spoke over myself, and I'm sure a lot of uh, you know your listeners and viewers speak over themselves, it was the name Needy. Aubrey, you're so needy. You're so needy. You're so needy. Mm. And part of that is I, my, some of my story is that I was actually sexually assaulted twice as a teenager, once as a young teenager, mm. once as an older teenager. And both mm. times I believe, you know, the oldest lie in the book really, which is what happened was my fault because I was needy, specifically needy for male attention. Um, because with both situations, I liked the flirtation and the things that were happening and until it went too far. Um, but I, so I spoke that name over myself, needy, 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 you're so needy. And it, it, sometimes I think we speak these names over ourselves and we don't even realize that they sort of become like the, uh, like our Wi-Fi password. It's just there, you know, and then all of a sudden it pops up. Sometimes when you want it, sometimes when you don't want it. And that's how needy – I tell a funny story in the book, which you can get the book and, and read it. It's a really great story. But I had this funny interaction with a British actor once who I was really enthralled with. But the whole time I kept saying, you're so needy, you're so needy, you're so needy. And it really – that phrase um, – I mean, that moment was kind of funny, but it was a picture of how that phrase was really imprisoning me and not allowing me to kind of live as – live like a flourish, thriving existence. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, um, I was actually in college undergrad sitting somewhere, bawling my eyes out after just being so overwhelmed by that name needy and praying, God, would you please erase this from my soul? Like I cannot, mm -hmm. I, this is imprisoning me, please, God, please remove it. And I, I you know, I think sometimes we want our healing journeys to happen in poof, but oftentimes they happen in process, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes there are, sometimes we all know there are experiences of poof healing, but a lot of times we're on a healing journey. And so, I mean, it wasn't, it was like 10 years later that I finally experienced the answer to that prayer. Here's what I expected. I expected God to go, okay, Aubrey, boom, you're no longer needy anymore. I'm going to give you some other name. I'm going to do something powerful instead. And we see God do that throughout scripture. We see God do that anecdotally in people's lives all the time. But for this name in particular, I was uh, sitting in the hospital bed with my firstborn son. His name is Eli. And I remember so vividly holding him and um, thinking, wow, this kid is so needy. Like he is so dependent on me. He will not survive without my nurturing and my care and my tenderness. He needs someone outside of him to take care of him. And I remember the Holy Spirit kind of spoke over me like, and you're not mad at him for that, right? You're not disappointed in him for that. That's not a bad Whoa. thing that he's needy. And it was like this. Oh, I got chills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was this powerful moment where I, yes, the way that I had named myself needy because of the sins of other people, because of, um, their unjust, unjust evil action, that was not okay. But what the Lord did in that moment, instead of removing the name needy, he began to reconstruct my understanding of it and reshape mm -hmm. it in such a way that it was shaped by his grace and his redemption. And I think sometimes that's the power of our names is that they become, invitations or they become the very place where we meet God's redemption and God's grace. And he uses them to 
transform us and even to propel us into a new season of life with him. And that's the power of names. You know what I mean? Like that changed everything for me to see, okay, so I'm, I'm needy. Yeah. Well, cause I'm a human being and Mm -hmm. I'm actually most beautifully needy in my need for God. When I recognize Mm -hmm. that I need him, I need his community. I need other people. That's actually, yeah, we're, we're needy cause we're human. And, um, again, so that's just a small example of what I, I have seen God do, what we see God do in scripture through our names and our namedness. You know, I love that. So there's two things I I was listening and I'm taking away from what you just said. So number one, you can have a name, but it can be reframed because needy for some people, it's like, oh, you're like, I don't want to date you because you're like needy and you're too clingy or whatever. And clingy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you just, I'm hearing you. It was like this whole reframe. That's a beautiful picture of what God did there to say, change the needy in that definition to the needy of the need for me. But I think the second thing, Aubrey, is also, you know, the names that are given or that you choose for yourself are not permanent. Mm. Like, I think that's the, the, the beautiful thing where like, if I'm like, I have been treated, um, horribly or been abandoned and feel unworthy, that name does not have to stay on me. I love that. Right. Forever. Like I, I think the name is also not permanent. Whereas we think like, well, our name given our birth name Mm -hmm. is like this name given to me and it's like a permanent thing. Now, yes, people do can legally change it, but, but it's, it's, I think that's good because if I was thinking about my own journey, you know, um, and especially when you go through a divorce and so names of like abandonment equaling Mm -hmm. unworthy or unlovable, right? Like those are not true. And if you stayed there, that could really destroy you and relationships for, ever but Mm -hmm. realizing i think what you said the things that were done to me are not you know the are not identities that then are me that's really powerful like i think when i was reading that section in your book about names it was really it was really good to be reminded um of that like the reframing but also it's not it's not not permanent permanent. i love that i love that you You just said that that's so good yeah that's so good and I think too, it's like, um, I love how, what I said, we name or define ourselves in other ways. Like, so we can give ourselves new names. And I think we'll talk about that as we look at relationship with God and what that, that is. And also when you get into healthy relationships, right? you know, people will, healthy people will name you. Like I, you know, I'm remarried now and Chris has renamed that I am loved and oh, I love that. You know, I am worthy. It makes me emotional, but you, you, you mm. get that redemptive you know, yes. and redemption when you actually are in healthy relationships too. Yes. I, I love that, Melinda. And I do think there's something so powerful about remembering that we get to be name givers in that way, especially yes. right now, you know, we're in this world that is just like vitriolic and everybody's mm. villainizing each other and everybody's yeah. fighting all the time. And this is like, and look, we need to name evil for what it is. I'm not, I'm mm. not saying that, but I do think we sometimes forget that the names we have been given and the um the fact that we walk being named by God that means we have the the privilege and really the power and the authority to name other people well to Ooh, name them with dignity so and honor yes, and and then yes. look at the healing that 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 brought in your own life yeah. God uses oh, us yes. to name each other yeah oh yes and you know even like 
you know, and it's interesting, this is all coming up, like personally, why this, you know, like your book and, and known is so meaningful for me right now. You know, when I think about also being adopted and, you know, so in one way for adopted kids, it's like, I'm unwanted. I was given up. Yeah. But then when I actually met my birth mother and my, my, bio, my adoptive father met her and there was this beautiful human divine sacred moment of, I was actually wanted and the, and the bigger picture of God where a woman, a young teenager courageously gave me up to give me a, a life of opportunity and an adopted father took me and said, we renamed, oh. and this is why I say it's so powerful. I was baby Adorasian with no name when I was in the mm. orphanage. And then I was oh, wow. given Melinda, Melinda in Spanish, like my beautiful as a new name and Esther Brooks as a last name. And I remember seeing the two of them in the Philippines in this transaction and realized, oh, wow, I was, there was a part of me living in the unwanted name, but I was given a name in the prayers of this teenage girl and, and accepted and chosen with my adopted parents. And I get it. I, oh, I, I she that. named me babe. They didn't even name, she didn't even name me Aubrey mm. it, on my birth certificate was baby and her first name, Adorasian, which is Dory. Wow. And then I was renamed to Melinda Maria. Oh, so powerful. So the power of that, I think for me, as I read this, you know, in your book, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get Mm -hmm. that you can be renamed and brought. And and then that's the whole picture of God bringing you into his family and naming you as what you call beloved and known and all those of who you are in your, in your book. Like, so I'm saying this is a very personal thing and connects with me. Thank you for so deeply because it's, I think we need your words to remind us. Because I think if everybody sat down, Opera, and thought about it, like the names were given, the names we gave ourselves, name giving, I think it could, it's transformative. I think this could, re, this could change the way we are with people, the way we look at people, see people, the way we interact with people. It's powerful. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking too, just hearing you say that too, like the other layer is how much our names give us a sense of belonging, right? That yes. you that totally. you both have, you're both belong to your birth mother, but then you also get to belong to your adopted family. And that there is, we don't often think about that, like the way that we have been named or renamed. Um, yeah, it, it connects us yeah, to people or our past in a meaningful way or a new future in a meaningful way. And that, that, like you said, that sense of belonging can really change so much about how we interact and show each other love and honor and dignity. And, and again, just going back to like, and then we walk with our heads a little bit higher. Yes. You know, because we know we belong to someone, we belong to God, we belong to a family, et cetera. Yeah. And I think when she said, you know, Dory says to my dad, you know, Mr. Rusterbrooks, thank you for answering the prayer of a, of a young teenage girl. It makes me cry every time for 30 years. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he looks at Dory and says, thank you, Dory, for being courageous and going through mm-hmm. with the pregnancy and giving us a daughter whom we love. And at that instance, Aubrey, it was like, I wasn't abandoned and wanted. I was chosen and loved mm-hmm. in this beautiful, bigger picture I didn't know that God was orchestrating um, that would happen 30 years later after my birth. Wow. Wow. And, and, and so, you know, I think I, I get it. It is powerful. And I think the name and to be able to to see that, to say it's not unwanted, it was chosen, yeah. I think changed everything. It changed me re- significantly at that age of my life when I, when I witnessed that. So mm, it's powerful. I love that. So so I love powerful. that. 
So let's go on. We have this huge journey. Um, and I love that we're going to take a journey. And, you know, I think here you say it well, as I underlined it. We're going <laughs> to take a journey into the truth of how you've been named, exploring who you are, whose you are. And how living into those identities changes everything, which we've been talking about. And you wrote that so beautifully. So let's talk about the who you are. Because I think a lot of people really don't know it. I think here's the thing. I think they think they know it. Mm, right, right. <laughs> heard it in Sunday school. They can say it. But I don't think, Aubrey, deeply, we yeah. deeply understand and know it and that it's transformational. So mm. let's go through. I mean, you have a number of names. Um, I chose four, but we, I don't think we have time to go even through four. So I'll show, I'll say we talked about known, but I love, cause I use this when I speak and when I talk to women beloved or beloved, mm, yeah, it yeah. is like one of my favorites. And then you can kind of, there's also whole and renamed, which I love, but you can choose your, your favorite. But okay. Okay. Let's talk about who you are, this beloved. Oh, even just when I say it, it's just so, it, it does something emotionally. Yeah. But let's talk about that one. Yeah. I, I, the, the definition is in the word, right? Beloved. You are, yes. you can be loved. Like I, I, I focused on that one first. Cause I do think it's sort of a foundational name. Mm-hmm for all of us, like you said, because yeah, we know, okay, we're loved by God or we know that's the right thing to say, but to internalize right. that is really, really different. Mm -hmm. And I do, I want to be careful saying this because I never want it to come across. Well, let me just say it. And then we'll talk about, it. I, I think sometimes in, uh, at least in sort of Western Christianity, we have tended to focus on how bad and sinful and evil and broken and demolished and I mean, you name it, how awful we are. And here's why I, before I was almost apologizing for that, I, I don't want to ever um, get away from the fact that we have received such a great salvation from our sin in Christ. Like that is huge. That said, scripture begins by reminding us that when God created humanity, God spoke a blessing of goodness and satisfaction over us. God said, yes. you are very good. Yes. And in that word, very good is like so many other words. You are fantastic. You are satisfying to me. You are pleasing to me. You are beloved. You are my beloved. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget that we have been given like a, like a birthright, um, blessing of dignity and destiny and delight from God. Yes. And, so glad and that is because we are, we've been made by him and therefore we are loved by him simply by the fact that God is love. So again, yes. it goes back to what we were saying before. It's not because we've done the right thing or the wrong thing or whatever. It's because God is love. Therefore we are his beloved. And love yes, that. sin has messed up the way that we interact with God and with each other. We, we see the reality of evil in this world, but I, part of the beauty of the gospel and the um, the goodness of Jesus's death and resurrection and salvation is that we get to walk in that name again of being very good and being beloved. Mm. And I, sometimes I just get, I get annoyed. I'm in church services and I just get annoyed hearing like, you're so broken. You're so evil. I I'm like, okay. I cannot like, believe well, you're saying this. It's so good. You, Finally, someone's saying it. I mean, because you like, know what well, you just did, Aubrey? Uh, I think this is, I'm, thank you for saying this. Yeah. It is. And I'll say this because 
So my husband comes out of mainline United Anglican tradition. I come okay. out of more of an evangelical. Yeah, yeah, same my with up, me. Evangelical, and and I'll be honest, um, Baptist. Okay, here's, yes. Here's the starting place, and this is very interesting. And we may rock people, but I, I really don't care because I think it's important because okay. what you're saying yeah. is truth. We always came from a place. We are messed up, broken, um, horrible, Mm-hmm. bad and so then we needed jesus to come and save us yeah well actually for it was interesting chris said his understanding of jesus is jesus the loving god came because you know he loved us and we were good and mm-hmm. the starting place wasn't we were broken the starting yeah. place was that he wanted a relationship with this person that that is is good and wonderful that he created yes. in his image Yes. Like it, it's a different starting place. And so it's interesting yes. that my whole upbringing was that. So all of us youth and people were always starting at, oh my gosh, we are so horrible. We are so, <laughs> so bad. Terrible. We suck. We're so terrible. Yes. So unworthy. We Jesus. Yay. Right. Right. But imagine starting at a place as a young person that, you know what, you are good and you're mm. wonderful and you're created mm. by God and, and just seeing you in this very place of wonder and awe and you're not quite, you know, like imagine that, imagine that teaching and, and focus of identity. Yes. What that, what that could do and what that could have done for people. Right. Right. And then going, and he wants to be in relationship with us. When God's coming, he's like, I want to be in relationship with you because you're really awesome and amazing and beloved. And I'm so so glad you're saying this because I haven't heard anybody say this, what you're saying, because it's right. always been in, in many circles that starting place versus it oh, has been that right and and that's no? that's not no. the way the Bible starts the story. The Bible starts the story with right. you're very good. You're you're an image bearer. God has created you in yes. His likeness. Yes. Then there's the fall, right? And then there's the redemption. But we do we tend to just focus on the fall, the fall, the fall, the fall, the fall, the fall, the fall. And I there's this part of me that wants to be like, okay, but I'm in Christ now. Like I'm clothed in righteousness. I have been made new. I have been forgiven. I have been mm-hmm. redeemed. Can mm-hmm. I walk in that, please? Like, where's the permission? Why do I have to keep being reminded of? And again, I, I do want to be careful because I don't want to ever like uh, make Jesus's death and resurrection smaller than it ought to be. But I think you're right, Melinda. Like just the different starting place, mm-hmm. I think actually makes our worship bigger. Yeah, because we see how good and mighty God has always been all along, and I think it's the difference between. I, I think it's Thomas McCall. He's a theologian who says this that sometimes we think Jesus died in order to convince God to love us, mm-hmm. when in actuality Jesus died because God loves us. Yes, yes, and just that, just that yes. shift, like it makes you realize how good shift. God is. Yeah. It, and because I think, and I'm, and I was tired of that. Like, think I, I wasn't, I really was a prodigal daughter growing up. And, and so, you know, that whole, you know, you're so bad. You're so broken. Yeah. yeah. I, I was living it. I right. got that. Yes. So I needed that to message was loud and clear. That was very clear. Very uh-huh. clear. Um, but imagine it was like Mal in this, you know, you are loved and Jesus is with you because he sees you. You, 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 you are an image bearer of him. Right. And I don't know. I wonder if that would have changed. Maybe, right. maybe not. But it, I think there would have been something that yeah. I wasn't so far away from him that if I knew like, no, you're an image bearer of Christ and the yeah. goodness 
and and the greatness of him and the creativity and the passions and everything that you love where you you thought church was boring so you wanted to go dancing and you wanted to party well jesus was that too right all those things that you are about you the wooing the the party girl the extrovert all of that is good of god because he made you we just need to help you just direct it into maybe a healthy place yeah Um, right right that would have been that would have been a different conversation than the shame it would and have been the church and people pointing about like how bad I was and how totally. prodigal I was and how yeah. lost I was, you know, I was like, so, and that's, you know, that's, Aubrey, I, I'm glad you said that. I mean, you know, it's important to be reminded of that. And I think that beloved, beloved name is so foundational. Imagine that message being shared. Yeah. Well, it's being shared here right now, but I'm right, saying that's right. If, that was being really deeply shared in churches and in conversations. I think yeah, that'd be, I, I think that'd be life changing. I think so, so too. Actually, people. transformational. It would actually yes, be transformational I agree. for people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm circling that. I'm starring that. It was already starred on my notes. Oh, thanks, Linda. Okay. Is there another favorite of yours of who you are? Like an, a a a reminder of yeah. who we are. With There's. God. I think it's chapter four. Is called unveiled, and and I won't tell yes. every. I won't tell everything in that chapter, but I will say it, it's mostly about I, when my very best friend in the world has stage four metastatic breast cancer. It's, mm. it is treatable, but incurable. And she's got three little kids at home and oh. she just turned 40. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's awful. It's devastating. Yeah. Um, and so that chapter is, is part of, you know, an honor to her, but part of just me processing that journey. And what I love about the image that we have in the New Testament of, of us being unveiled is this idea that um, we are all, whether we're walking through cancer or some other big trauma or just the small struggles we deal with, like we talked about at the top of the show, like just feeling insecure and unworthy and all of those things, all of our suffering, all of our pain, all of our trials, God is, uh, when surrendered to him, God is using those to make us more Christ-like. And, and we are in the process of becoming who we already are. So God has already said, like we were just talking about beloved. God has already said we're beloved. God has already said we're victorious. God has already said we're whole, we're forgiven, we're free, we're healed. We're all of these, the new creation. But of course, life doesn't feel that way. And so Mm -hmm. it's this idea of unveiling that the veil is being removed because of Christ, revealing our Christ likeness so that we can we can radiate with his glory. Um, that journey of becoming like Christ is the journey of becoming who God has already said we are. And I'm not I, I'm Melinda, I don't know that I've put my finger on exactly why that one stands out to me, but there is something about like, okay, God has already declared me to be these beautiful, wonderful, powerful things in Jesus. And Ah, oh, this life is so hard and so painful, and I struggle so much. But through it all, as I surrender those struggles to Him, I am becoming more Christ-like, becoming more and more unveiled, becoming more of who God has already said I am. There's something deeply encouraging about that. I guess knowing there's an end game in mind, <laughs> yeah, there, that's so helpful for me. So it all doesn't feel random, you know? Yeah, that's really good. Like a bit more of like a like a bit of a focus. I like the yeah. end game. It's not just like we're going about life and it's like I don't know. Right here we go doing this and that. Yeah, no, I right. love that unveiled. It's a great right. word. Okay, so those are good. I, and I, I mean, 
we can tease out people. There's known, there's whole, there's renamed. There's a, there's a bunch more. So you guys have to get the book. Buy the book. Check it out. <laughs> who you are. Get the book. Okay. We move from who you are, which I love these names. This is who you are. I love in your writing, just, you know, affirming, reaffirming, reminding people. Mm-hmm. And then you move into whose you are. Uh, and the two obviously stood out, but I mean, there's, there's others too, was God's likeness, we've, which we've, we've talked about a little bit. And then, yeah. um, oh, there's so many, um, God's found one, which, mm. Mm. so, okay. Let's talk about, do you have a favorite of those? Um, oh, I, I like them all. I like them all. I know I can say favorite them. because you've written it. So it's like, they're all probably good. Right, um, right. I think God's found one kind of. Yeah. Let's talk about God's found one. That one, that one, it yeah. kind of like resonates too with me. Yeah. I, I like the term found because it can have a few different meanings. One is of course you were lost and now you're found. The other is like a found object, which is something that has been discarded, but then someone else picks up and restores and reuses. Mm-hmm. uses. That's um, good. Yeah. And I so I sometimes don't even like to say uses cuz God is not a user, but the idea is that this this once discarded object has been repurposed. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the truth of who we are, right? Like we may have felt discarded, we may have felt lost, we may feel mm-hmm. stuck in a wilderness, we may not know which way we're going, but we are God's found one. Like we are never too far from him. He finds us when we're lost. He keeps on finding us when we're lost, thankfully. In fact, just yesterday I was, I was dealing with some, my, this is, um, I haven't told you this, Melinda, my mother-in-law passed away two weeks ago uh, from complications to COVID. And it's been a, I mean, it's been really, really, really painful. It's been painful to watch my husband and and my son's grieve. And, and then of course there's always family, there's always family dynamics when yeah. something hard happens. Yeah. So I've been praying, God, would you just come find me again? Like I feel a little lost in the middle of this. Mm. Would you just come find me? And God does. I mean, that, again, that goes back to being known as God finds us in our wildernesses and God finds us when we feel discarded and reminds us that like in him, we're not discarded. He has a, a purpose for us and is yeah. remaking us. So that's kind of a short recap. Of- no, I love that. It, you know, it's also, I always think I've been saying this a lot, especially when we do Christian media, because mm-hmm. there are times I said, there are days I'm like, I hear God whisper, Melinda, it's for the one. Mm. And it's that whole sense of like, you know, when we sing the song and the verse of like the 99, he, the, the, you know, the shepherd goes out to find the one that's yeah. lost. And I think that's the message I'm trying to really get across into my team and into people who do this work. Because there could be where one show I do, all the work in editing and producing and cutting yeah. and filming is for the one person that tunes in because God has been working diligently to get this person's That's attention right. and figuring yes. it all out. And it's yes. for the one. It's like the, the found one. I love it. It's God's found one, what you said. And I say this because, you know, numbers are huge. It's like Christine Kane in the beginning in her foreword about this number and there's big numbers on – those enslaved, those who yes. are being sexually exploited, those yeah. who are hungry. Yeah. But then it's just, it's the one. And I think that's really powerful. It's, it's, it's reminding us about us being the one, but it's also as we go about life, the one 
Yeah. Don't get overwhelmed because the found one is the one. And so I'm more uh, aware, Aubrey, there are times where I I hear God say to me to do something or pray for somebody and it seems random. I don't want Mm. to. It's inconvenient. But I'm like, oh, (laughs) What if that's, what if, what if he's calling me to be that answer to prayer or to be the one that kind of connects for the one. That's And I love that. I think that's God's found one is for me. It's found one because it's the one. I love that. And I'm, I'm so glad you put that because sometimes we get lost in the masses and the numbers and it's the one. It's It's so powerful. It's so good that, that God's found one. Well done. I'm just saying like, it's so, thank you. God's found one. Like it's, no, I love that yes. you pulled that out. I love that you pulled out the, that one image. Cause you're right. We can get, we can get so focused on, like you said, the masses, especially in this industry, or if we're not, if we're not in Christian media or whatever, we can get focused on so many other people's needs, but to think that maybe today we're here to serve the one person or to minister to one person and that all of this is worth that one heart that gets renewed or that one person whose wounds get bound up because of something that we've put out into the world. That's, I mean, that's what matters ultimately. I love that. I love that you pulled that out. That's something I hadn't even intended. I love that God showed that to you. One. That's so good. Yeah, no, it was really good. Okay. I love that. So whose you are, God's found one. And I think for but you've also have God's child, God's living statues, and God's likeness. You got it. Okay, listeners, you've got to pick up the book to get that because those were really the God's likeness was really powerful too. Mm, we'll just thanks. keep going. Okay, so through the book, through our conversation, we're understanding who we are, these new names. We're, we're learning whose we are, God's found one, God's likeness. And then you have in part three how it changes everything so it's a you bold know, statement and, i made didn't i <laughs> i know i was like this okay. <laughs> wow that's just wow. everything wow <laughs> she's going there <laughs> Woo! okay well let's let's see what she says in this part <laughs> um oh it's good but um Oh, there's okay. So I'll just say them, and then you choose the one that you're just like okay. again. You chose, you okay. wrote the four, but so as uh, you are the currency of the kingdom made for God's purposes. Okay, we mentioned this earlier. You are a name giver, ruling, blessing, and naming. You are sent, living your name, and He is the name above every other, the name of Jesus. So yeah, ooh, there's they're all good, but which ooh, one? They're all good. Sort of, the, I know they're all really good. You know, which I, I you? yeah, I um. I would say, here's what's just coming to mind. I like the final chapter. Um, his is the name, or he is the name above every other name, the mm-hmm. name of Jesus. Because I think ultimately what I, I I want every reader or every person who's tuning into this who feels unseen and unknown and loved to know how deeply, intimately, powerfully known and loved you are. I want you to walk in who you are, who God already says you are. But it can't end there, right? It mm-hmm. It has to then, um, that reality has to pour out of you into other people, into loving your neighbors well, your friends well, and even your enemies well. Hmm. And then ultimately all of that is for the name and glory of Jesus. Because again, as we started, I don't want us to be a, 
I don't want us to be stuck in that trap of feeling like we have to make a name for ourselves, right? right. Ultimately, it's it's the name of Jesus that we're here to serve and, and sets us free and, and makes a difference and changes everything, really changes everything. Right. So I think ultimately that that chapter really mattered to me because I I I do deeply want to minister to the hearts of the hurting person. But I don't want to end there. I want to I want everyone to move outward to serving others, ultimately in service of the name of Jesus, not the name of Aubrey, not the name of Melinda, mm-hmm. the name of Jesus. And I think um, again, these are the things that we know are right. Yeah. <laughs> But to know and then to actually encounter that or internalize that is a different thing. So I ended the book um, just by kind of saying so many of the powerful things that Jesus's name does. I think sometimes we reduce the gospel message to just be about um, like Jesus forgave me for my personal sins. And that's true. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But the reality is God has also claimed Jesus on the cross and his resurrection has claimed victory over evil. Jesus is making mm-hmm. all things new. Jesus mm-hmm. is bringing shalom. Jesus is bringing flourishing. Yes. Jesus is making us more like him. Jesus is uniting people who are, um, really have, uh, major differences, um, socioeconomically, ethnically, Jesus taking people who are divided and bringing them together. That happens in the power of his name. And I think mm-hmm. just the, the gospel in the name of Jesus are so much more robust than we often like give Jesus credit for. And so I wanted to end that book just by remembering like, okay, Jesus is big and the gospel's <laughs> big. And so let's, let's end by looking, looking to Jesus and, um, and how, how incredible his, his work is how incredible his life, death, resurrection, and kingdom work are. Yeah. Aubrey Sampson, um, amazing. This known, your latest book, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything, big and audacious. (laughs) But, you you know, so many things. I I, just sort of recapping as, as we talked about names. Wow, it was powerful. Who you are, whose you are, how it changes everything. Um, you know, know that we'll be praying for you and your family in this time for you, you know, it's difficult. And I think sort of as sisters and sort of the body of Christ, even more so realizing how we're not individuals and isolated, but we are connected as this incredible body. So know that we'll be praying for you and your family. Thank you. Um, as you, as you kind of go through the stages of, of grief and family dynamics and, and that, so know that we'll do that. And, and I really hope that people really connect and get your book. Like it's, it's amazing. And, and even for those who are like, oh, I know this. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. (laughs) You don't. Um, I wrote it and I barely know it. So, so get the book. (laughs) Yeah. But just, you know, to be reminded, I think that was really in good timing for me. And I think even in my stage and age now, Aubrey, you know, I can share this just, so many, I, I look, I've been looking at my life and the stages and the hustle and, you know, sort of celebrity and being in all the right places. And then, and then yeah. being introduced to social media in like 2007, when I joined <laughs> Facebook and how that changed everything. Yeah. And then kind of coming back in this stage in my forties and going, what, what matters most? Mm-hmm. What's this relationship with Jesus? Who am I? Yeah. How am I loving my family and my husband? my kids in a blended family? How am I loving my friends? Well, how am I loving myself? Well, 
Yeah. And I think just your book and your words is really timely for me personally, just to be reminded on just who I am, Mm. whose I am. And in knowing that and believing that and then living out from that place, it can change everything. It, It can change, you know, when I look at the polarization around me and, yeah. The anger and hurt on so many levels. You know, the last year we were dealing with anti-Asian racism that oh, I had to speak up, you know, against. And my, yeah. my friends in our black community here in Canada, just what they've gone through, like just that yes. pain and grief and lament. Yes. yes. We need to know these things so that when we go out and speak of love and grace that we know, and then we can be name givers of others. Like, I think that's where I'm connecting, Aubrey, why this is so important that Mm. for us to know it well, believe it, cling to it, hold it, then to go out and then to name, be a name giver of these who names and truths. Yes. It it will change everything. So I, I, I know it sounds big, but what you're leading us to, it will. So thank thank you you for that. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks thanks for for saying that. So good. All right. So where can we get your book? Um, thank you for asking that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can get it wherever books are sold. You can get it, um, of course, on Amazon. If you're not a big Amazon fan because you like to shop local, you can get it at uh, navpress.com, straight from the publisher's website. You can also just get go to my website, aubreysampson.com. And then you can um, – you didn't ask this, but I'll go ahead and say it. You can find and follow me. I'm on Insta. Oh, yeah. And uh, – Twitter and Facebook at Obsamp. I'm mostly on Instagram. Twitter's kind of bitter, so I try to avoid it, but I am a little bit on there. <laughs> but yeah, buy the book, get, get some for your friends. There, Melinda, you mentioned this before we came on, but there's some really beautiful merchandise that comes with the book. Yes, so um, the I have some of that available as well. Oh, do you? Out. Okay, because I love the mm-hmm. card, and I was trying to figure out what friend go get the one card. What special? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Then I'm I like, love oh. that. Now I just outed myself on here to say that one special friend. Oh no! Now that now your friends are going to be like, "Well, why didn't I get the card?" Nice, Mel. Mel. (laughs) Really nice. Oops! Didn't realize this was going nationally. All right. Okay. Well. I love it. Oh, Aubrey, that's so great. Well, I'm encouraging all of you who are listening, watching, to get the book known. Aubrey Sampson, here it is. Dog ear it like I did. Underline it. Um, grateful for you, Aubrey. Thank you so much. I hope we can connect again and have more conversations because you are so great to speak with and I'm so encouraged by you. So, so, oh, thanks, so thanks so much for being with us. I love all that you're doing. I'm so honored to be here with you and, and praying continued blessing and anointing mm-hmm. over all you're doing. Thanks for being you thanks so and thanks for having Aww. me. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you get Aubrey Sampson's book, Known. She shared all the places that you can get it. I hope you were really encouraged um, in our conversation that if you've been living in the lies of names that have been given to you when you were a teenager or a child, when you were bullied, as like for Aubrey, if you were assaulted, if if there were names said over you that you've lived in and through and believed, I hope that this conversation helped you become free of them and that you would replace those names with new names of beloved, known, unveiled, renamed. So I'm so grateful for Aubrey. I hope that you remember who you are, whose you are, that you are God's likeness, God's found one, and that in knowing these truths, it changes everything. 
on how you see yourself, how you live out your life, how you love others. And, and know that God so loves you, beloved. We, we talked a lot about that in this conversation. You are beloved by God. And I hope you believe that. And so just to end the show, I, I love this reminder. We say this, and it's so perfect, you know, that you are seen, you are heard, you are known, you are loved by God. Those are true. And I hope you got that in this conversation, that you believe it and know it. Thanks for joining us today. It's our first ever See Here Love conference coming on Saturday, March 26th, 2022. And the theme is making space, making space for life-giving friendships, leading yourself and others well, for loving your neighbors and for Sabbath and rest. We hope you join me and our See Here Love co-hosts and special guests, along with our amazing keynote speakers, Annie F. Downs, Joe Saxton, Holly Forche, and Shayla Visser for an afternoon of fun, laughter, celebration, friendship, prayer, and tons of learning and activities. We'd love for you to join us March 26, 2022. And for more information, go to seeherelove.com slash conference. See Here Love thanks our partners who make this show possible. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded, nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre for Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing See Here Love. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R, 4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.